How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown, the home of Make Something Mean Something. We are here live in, on our Discord with our patrons just hanging out. A nice crowd here. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash thecreateunknown. If you just want to chat with everyone, then join our Discord. I am Kevin Lieber. With me, as always, is Matthew Tabor. Are you prepared for this? Are you prepared for what we're about to discuss? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I didn't actually purchase any cinnamon toast flavored, <laughs> cinnamon toast crunch flavored items. So, um, yeah, maybe I'm not coming from a place of total authenticity for the for the discussion, but I'll try my best to fake my way through it. I think we'll get there. I, I, I think it's something of a metaphor, too. I, There's got to yeah, be. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think we can draw that out. But the the thing that I realized the other day that is totally true and kind of strange is after at 200 episodes, I think probably the thing that you and I talk about privately the most that we've never uttered a single sentence about in 200 episodes is food. We talk about food like almost every day and never have discussed it in any capacity on this podcast, which is pretty odd. I think that's true. Uh, I, I hadn't thought of that until you just said it now. It it probably is daily and we we, we don't talk about it in like <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to qualify this because we're not like food networking uh, you know, talking about recipes and, and th no, it's never about that. It's the most like purposeful food discussion any two people have. And it is constant. Yeah. It, it's daily. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty practical. It's pretty utilitarian. I mean, I think the, the, yeah. the basis of the discussion largely is, uh, about pricing. <laughs> like what can we eat cheaply? What sort of deals you find? Cause you're always looking for deals, uh, but then also, you know, what to eat that is just not unhealthy, that's not slop, that will, you know, fill you up, but you can feel good about, you know, you'll have energy for um, afterwards, not feel like garbage. Because uh, I, th I, I mean, I'm sure there are a billion food podcasts that cover this topic all the time. I don't listen to any of those. So, um you know, we're just going to do it our own way. But the, the fact of the matter is, if there's like one thing that one like incredibly basic thing that literally every living human being does that will that is a ch choice that will affect your mood, your productivity, your energy and your health. It's what you're stuffing in your mouth every day. It's kind of important. And I don't think that in 2023 we are as aware of how difficult it is, I think. This is just my perspective. I think it is increasingly difficult to make what I would consider kind of like healthy, positive choices for your food. Um, it kind of takes a lot of analysis and, and brain power and willpower to the point where like I totally understand people who just eat like chips and cookies all day because they're amazing. They're so good. And they're cheap and there's like a million flavors yeah. and there's always a million new flavors to try. Yes. You can get whatever you want cheaply, easily to fit whatever mood you're in. I mean, th this is such a fascinating topic because uh, it, it goes uh, to something that is a major concern for me uh, lately. I, I 
Don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast or if it was talking after in the last week or two. Um, but there are all sorts of things that uh, <laughs> that are really basic elements of how all the stuff we talk about actually happens, right? And the the idea is like, what what does it matter what you're doing with with your content if you can't get out of bed to make it? Or if you don't have the energy to work your job, go to school, whatever you do with your life, and then grind away at your passion project and hope it turns into something. The actual artistic side and the nuts and bolts of of um, you now setting up efficient processes and things like that, none of that matters if, if if you're not nailing several basic things in your life. And one of those is food. And the really funny thing to me is that everybody knows that what you drink determines what you're doing for the next hour or two. You wake up and you have coffee or a monster or whatever because you know it's going to pep you up, get your day started. You know that if you, from nine to five, drank beer, you would not be as sharp (laughs) as if you didn't. You know, it's obvious that well, this thing it will have uh, uh, you know a caffeine power up for me. Um, this thing is not good for my productivity. Uh, it's obvious with what you drink, and nobody ever talks about that stuff with what you eat. They they ju- they just don't. It's like there's it's like there's no sense at all that that food matters. And the truth is that eating and sleeping. Uh, are the the two most foundational things to everything period if you stink at one or both of those you are either suboptimal or you you're straight up in trouble and usually especially as you get older or the problems start to compound uh that trouble part comes sooner rather than than later uh you know you can get away with living like a disaster which is why everybody you know goes out all the time uh, in their 20s and eats, you know, pizza for every meal and it doesn't make a difference. And then when you're like 32 you realize <laughs> you can't do that anymore because you start to pay pay the price for it. Um but you know, I I I can't call anybody out on this specifically because I I don't want to be rude about it. But if I wanted to, I could give you 10 names right now of people I know who think their problem is like project-based, the idea isn't good enough or the process is not good enough, they don't have enough time or whatever, and they straight up live like disasters, and that is their problem. Their problem has nothing to do with the project, nothing to do with the art. They live like idiots. They make it impossible for their thing to happen for reasons that have nothing to do with that thing. Uh, One of those is is food and body. It just is. The sleep thing is the most detrimental for me. That that one is like, if I don't have enough sleep, I can't function at all. I, I, I cannot do anything. So that one is is really, really, really obvious and, and, and powerful because I can't even pretend. I think that's the difference. It's like, I can't fake my way through being like painfully tired, getting a headache because I'm so tired. I can't just power through that. With the food thing, though, there is this like, you know, frog in boiling water (laughs) element to it where, like you said, you can get away with it for such a long time. And there is this creep uh, that sets in over time where, you know, you, you do kind of just eat junk all the time for a while. And then eventually you're like, wow, like I really kind of don't feel very good. I'm tired all the time. Uh, when I try to uh, even just kind of do something that should be simple, like walk up the stairs, it's like, this is harder than it should be. <laughs> and uh, uh, maybe it's time to, you know, rectify some element of that. But what what I really wanted to talk about first and foremost is just getting back to why this is so difficult is I think that, that, that there is this growing bizarre example of sort of like the decadence of food availability when it comes to the fact that 
I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but you can go down virtually, at least this is the way in America. I, I don't know uh, for our like foreign overseas listeners if their uh, supermarkets are the same. They're probably not. But let me tell you about supermarkets today in America. You can go down virtually any aisle. I don't care if it's like the pasta aisle or the dessert aisle, baking aisle, the bread aisle, the the pancake aisle, whatever it is, the, the coffee creamer aisle, there is a cinnamon toast crunch flavored version <laughs> of every food item in the store. You can consume cinnamon toast crunch in, in every state of matter that is conceivable on earth. Okay. All anything. They have liquid. They have spreadable. There's dust that you could just dust the top of your just pizza. Yeah, just just shake some cinnamon toast crunch dust on something. There's like pancake mix. There's cookies. There's everything. It, it, is there anything super odd that you've seen? There's got to be some some cinnamon toast crunch flavored thing that that nobody would expect exists. Well. Um, I don't know, because at this point, it's it's getting hard to imagine something so absurd that it doesn't already exist. The, the thing to me that really stood out to me is like, whoa, like, what are we doing as a society was that they, were, they started selling these bags of marshmallows that are like dusted in cinnamon toast crunch flavor that come in like a snackable potato chip bag form. So like a resealable bag that you're just supposed to kind of like pop open and sit on the couch and just shovel marshmallows covered in cinnamon toast crunch dust as if it was like pretzels. And at that point I was like, I don't know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> this is, this is insane. Like, uh, I, by the way, as as you're talking, I, I googled I googled cinnamon toast crunch enema because I thought this this is a good marker for whether it has has invaded everything. And I, I don't I don't I don't think there is a CTC enema, but because that that to me would be like this is like the Uno reverse. Like now we're now we're putting cinnamon toast crunch in a place where it's designed to come out. <laughs> <laughs> and just burning the candle at both ends <laughs> just <laughs> cinnamon toast crunch candle um dan the latch said cinnamon toast crunch vape i mean i'm sure they have that that's probably oh, yeah. that's probably old news by now it's like the you know candy and cereal flavored vapes but this this to me also seems like one of those um like dystopian future things that a demolition man or idiocracy should have predicted, but didn't. I mean, I will say that in Demolition Man, uh, the the closest they got was that in that movie, there were like fast food wars and Taco Bell won. So every single restaurant is just a Taco Bell, which is which is actual wars like 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 with weapons. Uh, I don't recall that detail. I just I just remember that. The, awesome. Yeah, like Taco Bell was the only survivor somehow. Um, so everything was Taco Bell, but like everything being cinnamon toast crunch flavored is not that far off. And that is the reality that we find ourselves in, in 2023. And the point of mentioning that is that, you know, if you walk into the store and you're like, I love cinnamon toast crunch flavor, which is a valid opinion because it's, yeah, it's, it's a great flavor. It's delicious. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> and it's yeah, I love it. engineered by science to hijack all sorts of internal systems and, uh, you know, turn things on to make you excited and happy and satisfied. That's the point of it. I don't blame you for buying that. But if you are going to consume that all day, every day, there is a cost to be paid at some point, at some level, you know, at the very least with your energy because of the sugar crash that you would, you know, uh, like this, the, the simplest detrimental effect would be slamming a bunch of sugar and then having an energy crash after that. Everyone experiences that. Yeah. What, what you do to the regulation of blood sugar levels when you eat like this, 
completely dictates your energy and mood. You may not think so. You may not realize it um, until uh, you hit that that uh, pre-diabetes easing into type two diabetes stage, where it's like, no, you you eat something and it it hits you badly. <laughs> like the, then you officially know. Uh, but you know this was happening the whole time before you got to that point. There's a lot of things mask it. Um, uh, mood is is a really big one. Where why why would you think that what you ate is what determines your your mood supports a good one or uh, sometimes undercuts a good one uh, if you know if not just just making you feel anxious and whatever um, why would you think it was the the bowl of cereal you had two hours before as opposed to all the dumb crazy things happening in your life you know it, it's really hard to isolate this but you know when I was saying the thing about uh, it being obvious with what you drink. It's funny to me with food that everybody thinks it's equally obvious with kids where it's like, oh, this this thing is unhealthy if kids eat too much of it. Or you shouldn't give kids a ton of candy and sugar because, you know, they're going to bounce off the walls, all this. For whatever reason, when you're like 14, all the rules seem to go away. All the, the wisdom about how food matters just simply does not exist anymore from from 14 until like 50 when you start to have problems. <laughs> Everybody knows it. It's common sense for kids. It's common sense with what you drink. But if you're like 27 and, uh, you know, you're like, oh, you really should eat right. Somebody's like, well, yeah, I guess. But they don't take it seriously at all. It's so strange to me that this just disappears from consciousness. It does. It does. I had never thought about that, but you're totally right. Because, yeah, there seems to be um, a large emphasis on sort of regulating the food intake of kids, whether it's the kind of tropes that you hear, like, oh, you can't have candy for breakfast or whatever. And even insofar as like a lot of discussion, a lot of discussion about public school lunches, Having things like uh, soda machines in schools, and or you know, obviously surge, not getting rid of those machines. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I say that, and I see Boss Threads is typing <laughs> <laughs> surge machines. Yeah, in the '90s, we had a, a vending machine for surge, which you can now still buy. I we've seen it in Dollar General. I don't know if it's elsewhere, uh, but it was it was like a, a high caffeine Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew Plus, uh, back in the '90s, and they brought it back. Thank God. I didn't even know they brought it back. But yeah, there is yeah, that. There is that. It's like, yeah, let's let's pay close attention to what these kids are eating. Which ironically, like meanwhile, when you are a child, you need to have a high caloric intake because your body is growing. <laughs> like you are rapidly yeah. growing uh, in order to support that. You know, things like sugar, which are like high in calories for um, it's like an easy way to get a lot of calories kind of makes sense uh, and makes much less sense after you're grown. <laughs> so uh, the emphasis is almost backwards completely anyway when it comes to this. Do you see what I mean? It's like it's not even that big of a deal yeah. for kids to slam a bunch of candy because their bodies are growing. But it's, it is yeah, a big, they can get away a big with deal it in so many yeah, ways. When you're like 35, yeah. it's like you're, you know, you're, your body may be growing, but not in the way that, um, you know, is naturally an advancement of you know, biology, just the straight up operation. So like, uh, basal metabolic rate is, is the pretty much how many calories you burn each day simply by existing, like by being alive, this is what your body burns to. So your organs function and you don't die. It's not how many you burn in a day from normal life. No, it's like you're laying in a hospital bed immobile and this is how many calories you burn my my basal metabolic rate has dropped uh like 100 150 calories in 10 years just just from aging this is just the way it works that's a pound a month so that's 10 pounds a year that my body is not burning at this age that it burned 10 years ago that's really significant because time just adds up <laughs> it is actually really easy if if i ate exactly the same now as i did 10 years ago 
I would gain 50 pounds in five years. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's just the, the, the math of it, you know? And so the subtle stuff really adds up. Um, but there's, you know, there's more to it than the actual nutrition side and, and, you know, scientific side and whatever. Um, because Kevin mentioned this when he started talking about the topic that there's an issue of, of whether you have control over your body and your actions. There's a willpower element to not eating cinnamon toast crunch, whatever for every meal or eating the, the thing that you, uh, really like, whether it's, you know, pizza and wings and whatever way more than you should. You have to go out of your way not to do that say, well, the thing that I really want is different than the thing that I should have. Very few people even get to the point where they're thinking about it that way. They don't bother. They just eat what they want, buy what they want. And when you are in the grocery stores, whether you are in Siberia or uh, Seattle, just look in carts, be a creep. Look in the carts of as you're pushing yours around, just see what other people buy and just think, is that you know, is this going to be peak performance <laughs> based for this person based on what I'm seeing in the cart? And it's laughably no. It's it's comically far off from what you know, not even being any kind of health expert, you know is is not great for that person. That they're just feeding themselves for pleasure as opposed to um kind of fueling their life. Uh, this is a really big issue though that that a whole lot of people do not have control over themselves. I don't know what you've been sipping, but you've got it all wrong. It's time to commit to the leaf. We've embraced the smoothness and surprising pick-me-up that tea provides. I literally drink it all day long, nearly a gallon a day, and it powers me through research, script writing, and forums on websites that I refuse to name here. But we don't drink normie NPC tea. We drink cultured and refined anime tea from the Dragon's Treasure. Kevin still likes the gunpowder green called Space Cowboy, and I've sampled nearly 40 Dragon's Treasure teas at this point. Lately, I've been slamming black teas like Kentucky Bourbon and Liquefied Berserk Despair. Scottish Breakfast is deep and peaty, and I smooth it over with Sebastian's Morning Earl Grey, which has the best vanilla cream taste I think I've ever had in a cup. Give me a pot of that with a hot meatball sub from Sal's Pizza and Brooks Barbecue Chicken to wash down my last meal on death row. I highly recommend the sampler packs. You'll want to try everything just like I did. I literally have not had one tea that I wouldn't be happy to reorder. The Dragon's Wings membership fuels new tea experimentation and the Tea of the Month Club provides a regularly scheduled surprise. And when you order from the Dragon's Treasure using code CREATE, You'll get 10% off your order. That's 10% off using the code CREATE at thedragonstreasure.com. The link's in the description. No, and I, sorry, I was just laughing during your really important um, dialogue there because Boss Threads in the chat just dropped brand new Bugles Cinnamon Toast Crunch. (laughs) Cinnamon Toast Crunch flavored bugles and at some point there's going to be cinnamon toast crunch cheetos there'll be cinnamon toast crunch doritos there'll be cinnamon toast crunch ridged lays potato chips cinnamon toast crunch pretzels what's to stop this this train is not slowing down that's that's all i'm saying the cinnamon toast crunch (laughs) train (laughs) is completely off the rails you know when ozzy osbourne wrote crazy train he had no idea that that crazy train actually would be the proliferation of cinnamon toast crunch flavor into all of our foodstuffs. But you're right. I, I, I that's that. I'm glad that you said that because that was something that I think about a lot when I go food shopping. Is that oh, man? I love. There's a lot of junk food that I love, uh, like dangerously love. Like think things like a bag of Doritos. Like if I buy a bag of Doritos. That will not last beyond 24 hours. It won't. Yeah. There's no way. I will eat that entire bag. Not a not a family size bag or p- party size or whatever, um, which I also find very funny because it's like how many, you know, what is the percentage of consumption at a party of this party size bag of chips? <laughs> 1%? Party, party of two. Yeah. Party of one. But uh, 
I know that if I buy that bag of Doritos, I will eat the whole thing in two sittings over the course of 24 hours. And I will feel like garbage after each of those sessions. I am absolutely just loaded with, you know, salt and or so sodium and, and carbs or whatever. I don't feel good about it. I'll make my stomach hurt. I mean, there's the whole thing. Can I tell you, we go going back to Taco Bell for a second. I don't know how many times it took me to get like a terrible stomach ache <laughs> eating Taco Bell for me to just stop going there. Now, I haven't been I haven't ha- been to Taco Bell and haven't eaten that food at this point in in years. But it's so good while you're eating it that I would suffer through the pain that I know was impending. Mm-hmm. And you know, eventually there was like a final straw. There was like a final straw that broke the ca- the Taco Bell's back where I was like, this is this is insane that I keep doing this. I have to just stop. I cannot continue this behavior because it is painful. It is literally painful. And how much of it is like this? You know, how much of it is like this? So at some point, you're right, like that that whole willpower, that whole discussion that a little bit of argumentation internally has to occur and um not just at the taco bell level but at like should i buy bagels with cream cheese should i buy this bag of cheetos should i buy a frozen pizza should i buy this garlic bread like w- whatever it is i mean it's it's 99% of the supermarket is stuff that's really probably not something you should be eating regularly no, not in any real quantities. Um, I do want to, I do want to soften what I said also in, in preparation for things that I'll probably say in a bit, but I'm really sympathetic to why people have trouble with this. Yeah, me too. Uh, you describing what, what the supermarket stuff is like, this is an extremely modern phenomenon. Uh, I don't think anybody realizes that it wasn't that long ago where food didn't taste that good and there was not a lot of availability of the stuff that did taste good. Um, I eat a lot of things that are old and, and very plain. Um, so, some of it because I, I just you know grew up eating this stuff and I like it a lot, but it has, there's no competition at all in terms of flavor. Like, the the worst p- tasting potato chip on the shelf tastes a thousand times better than uh, a saltine cracker. <laughs> you know, like uh, this is new that almost everything you eat tastes really good, and that it's cheap, and that it's there. You now, if you watch old movies or something, TV shows where there's like a family dinner on Sunday. And, you know, grandma always bakes a pie and whatever, uh, you know, that, that was like the pinnacle of flavor. Whereas now, if you want any kind of good tasting thing, you can go to the nearest store, whatever it is. It can be anything as long as they sell food. 7-Eleven is fine here. 7-Eleven has a lot of really good tasting food. Everything that's on one of those little rollers tastes awesome. Uh, but that simply did not exist until a couple generations ago. So it's not like it's not like a hundred years ago you had to exercise a tremendous amount of self-control to avoid the temptation of food that tastes incredible. And Monaghan, yes, we are forgetting about spices because it is distinctly different. They added dimensions to food, uh, but it took a great deal of effort and skill to make spices make your food taste amazing. Uh, that. That is something that does not exist now where you can pop a frozen pizza in the oven. It is expertly spiced to be peak taste and you don't have to know anything to do it. Um, but yeah, so a hundred years ago, the only question was, do you overindulge? And again, if you watch a movie or something, you know, you'll see the character that, that is like the large guy who, who's just gluttonous. Well, that, that was it. Do you eat too much or not? It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, you know, everything you eat is extremely dense calorically <laughs> like it is now. <laughs> Even simple things like vegetables and, and what we would put in a salad now. Do you know how boring that was on the palate a hundred years ago? You ate 
roughly the same way a rabbit does. <laughs> you, you just ate the, the greens because that was food and it was, you know, it was good. Uh, but that's totally different than now where you can go to even McDonald's and uh, get a salad that seems to be decent for you, but is half the calories you should have in a day. Little things as simple as, well, if you get it with breaded chicken as opposed to grilled chicken, it's it's a, a game changer. And if you put all the dressing on that salad, well, that's a, a another game changer. Um, that stuff just was, was not part of life a hundred or a thousand years ago. You know, and the further back you go, it's more about, do I have enough food at all? How do I, not like, how do I keep my mood elevated so that I can animate today? (laughs) No, it's like, do I have enough food to get through the winter? So I, so I don't die and my family doesn't have to keep me in a shed in the back because the ground is frozen and they can't even bury me. And then they'll deal with my thawing corpse in April. God, it's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's e- yeah. exactly that's what, what happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so all this is very new and it's not, it's not clear and it's not natural right. that, that we would be equipped to deal with this problem. That's, that's my point on it. Oh yeah. No, you're right. There's no reason uh, to, there's really no reason to shame anyone or, or you're right to even think that we are equipped to deal with the fact that you know, why, while you were talking about, yeah, those old, those old meals, you could, you could get the same amount of calories in like four Oreos right now. That was like, oh, a, yeah. right? Like, like a full meal back then. That would be hard to get that many calories out of like cabbage and <laughs> whatever you were yeah. eating, onions and maybe some potatoes. Four Oreos, which like who can't eat four Oreos? They're great. Oh yeah, Oreos are awesome. Do you know how many different flavors of Oreos there are now? Oreos are like their own section oh. of the cookie aisle, and there are like twenty-seven different flavors of Oreos. Yeah, and new ones yeah, all the time. A, uh, yeah, yeah. It. You're right about a couple bites being uh, equivalent to a huge amount of of other food. You know, two Oreos is about the same as an entire pound of spinach. A pound of spinach is a lot of spinach leaves. If you were growing that in the backyard, it would take you some time to harvest a pound of spinach leaves. And you get the equivalent in calories by eating like two double stuffs. That's that's insane. With no satiety, like you, you're not going to be satisfied by the two double stuffs at all. That's the no. other weird thing. It's not like you know, nutritionally filling you up and giving you any sort of benefit to your body. It's just yummy. It's just great flavors. (laughs) That's it. It's a bunch of great flavors and a bonkers amount of calories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to work very hard to, to stick with this stuff, you know, to, to identify the things that are best for you and then actually do it. You, you have to consciously decide, I will not do the thing that is awesome. That is awesome. And I love, it makes yep. me happy. And, yep. and, it, and, it's che- and it's cheap. And it's cheap. And it's the kind of thing that people will do to celebrate something. And it's the kind of thing to do that people will do when they're upset about something. That's the other thing. Like there's a great yeah. um, old Homer Simpson joke where he says, um, you know, well, maybe this is different, but like, the one I'm thinking of is where he says, like, alcohol, the, the cause and solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> this is a little mm, bit... The cyclical thing. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is a little different. But, like, you know, if you're in a great mood and you want to celebrate, ice cream, cake. If you're in a terrible mood and you want to feel better, ice cream, cake. It's like, yeah. it's a solution <laughs> either way, right? Like, that's also a yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah, It's it does sound... Even talking about this, you know, it sounds kind of preachy, uh, but I, so I want to throw a couple bombs here. Do it. Uh, there is a strain of thought that getting good for you food is hard to actually get and that it's expensive. This is a lie. This is not true. If you could only shop at a 7-Eleven, you could eat just fine. You could eat food that was perfectly nutritionally appropriate. It, it almost certainly be, would not be what you wanted to eat. And it wouldn't have the flavors that you wanted it to, but it's not expensive and it's not hard to get. 
Just, just period. There's no debate on this. Anything that people tell you about food deserts and all of this is 99% bullshit. It simply is not true. And I have been in a shocking amount of shithole places in the world. Many in the U.S., many not in the U.S. I have never once encountered a situation where it was impossible, impossible to get nutritionally decent stuff. Now, your variety may be severely restricted. That's a different problem than it's not possible to get what I need. So it's important to me that everybody is really honest about uh, the solution to all of this. Uh, The problems that people have are just overwhelmingly fake (laughs) when it comes to food. They just plain are. Well, what? so one of the problems is definitely that convenience factor, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it is way more convenient to just purchase the pre-made thing or whatever than know what to do with three pounds of pork, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if you know what to do with three pounds of pork, I mean, what was the the pork you bought recently and you prepped uh, was like shockingly cheap and a ton of food. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what the breakdown in that was, but you told me it was like, you know, you made a whole bunch of like pulled pork or something and it cost like three bucks for like a a ton Uh, of it. Yeah. So, so I I can actually be really specific about this, uh, where, um, I, I try to, I try to have enough, uh, long digesting protein casein based things as opposed to like whey protein in, in milk. Um, it's like a six hour cycle on the digestion of that. And if, uh, uh, if you have more than, you know, 40 or 50 grams at a time, that's just more than can be digested. So it's just converted to, you know, the calories are used and just, you know, it's not like it's, uh, peak protein at that point it's overkill. So there's really no sense in eating more than that nutritionally within that, that timeframe. So I'm really specific about, you know, like, four or five ounces uh, of pork tenderloin at a, at a time. Anything that I'm eating beyond that is simply for my pleasure. <laughs> it's not, it's not helping my body at all. Uh, so that means I can take like a three pound thing of pork loin and know I'm going to get X number of meals out of it. And it breaks down to yeah, 25, 30 cents for, for each of these. And it tastes awesome. Throw it in the slow cooker. So there's not even any skill. Uh, you can, throw some spices and stuff in there uh, and, and you're good to go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you can't buy the uh, pork loin at 7-Eleven. You know, th- that is something that you can only get at a real grocery store. And some people don't have quick access to real grocery stores. Uh, some, I forget what the exact research was on this that came out a couple weeks ago or just came on our feeds a couple weeks ago, maybe. But Kevin, did I send you that thing about how when given the choice, people just don't choose the, the healthy things? No, I don't remember this. I would have liked to yeah, have read it was, that. Yeah, it was basically a, a study of is availability the problem uh-huh. with, with demographics uh, that have notoriously poor diets. And the long and short of it was that people just buy food that's not good for them and eat too much of it. So it's not that they can't. Even when they can, they make the exact same harmful choices. No, and that's that lines up with my anecdotal experience where people just do what they want to do. You know, uh, you really need to get in a mindset that you can't always do what you want to do. I mean, most of my life is stuff I don't want to do. You know, most people don't want to get up and go to work every day. If if they had another choice that was viable, they would they would take that other choice. You know, you would prefer to eat cinnamon toast crunch everything and oreos for every meal you want to you know you want to eat like a, a a stupid baby that would be the ideal life well you can't do that you know i drink uh uh sugar-free tea all day it would be a lot cooler if it was just straight vodka <laughs> all things being equal i i would prefer that well for a lot of reasons i can't do exactly what i want <laughs> this is this is obvious in so many other arenas but it just, you know, people don't seem to think that it applies to every meal. And the truth is that it does. It does. And if, if you eat in such a way that your life is harmed from it, where you're not physically healthy, 
you don't have the energy to, uh, you know, work your job and then take something seriously in the hours after all you can manage to do is, is watch Netflix. Uh, that is on you. That is on you. There is no GMO conspiracy making that happen. There's no, uh, Walmart or grocery store thing enticing you so strongly that you can't resist. It is on you. Now, there are people with health issues, with psychological issues that make this very, very hard to pull off. That, that's a separate case. Those are legitimate problems. That's fine. But if neither of those things are an active element of your life, then you just live like an asshole. That's what it comes down to. You make bad choices. You do not make the choices that allow you to do very important things in life. They don't, they don't let you grind into the wee hours on your passion project. They don't let you think of really good ideas because your, your brain is sluggish and stupid. Imagine if your mind was, was peak all the time, what would change? Well, unless there's a big issue, mind or medical, stopping you from eating, sleeping, whatever properly, you need to figure out how to do it because there is no excuse at all. It can be hard with relationships and family and stuff like that. I know it's it's ridiculously tough to be the only person who's trying to eat well. Yes, when everybody around you is slamming <laughs> garbage, and 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 especially when and you want that garbage, and can be you know chastising you or ribbing you or making fun of you yeah. for trying to do so. Right, like that's one hundred percent a thing. You know that that negative peer pressure is very prevalent. I think for a lot of people mm -hmm. where, yeah, you're trying to do, you know, what you consider best for yourself. The, the other thing to mention is like, <clears throat> while yes, you can't always do what you want to do. The thing that you didn't say that is really important is that that thing that you want to do might not be in your best interest and probably often isn't, uh, you know, especially over the course of your life and for the long term. So like, yeah, do you want to? like slam vodka all day does that sound awesome party all the time okay great you will not live very long <laughs> you know no. that's kind of what did in sort of uh a lot of actors and comedians and musicians who live that lifestyle and then they crash out really young and it's the same thing with food or any other you know substance that in the short term in the impulsive moment you're like, yes, this rules. But over time, it's like, okay, doing that over and over and over again has caused me serious problems, serious problems yeah. that I could have avoided. We've talked about having to be irrational with other things in the past. This is another case where you absolutely have to be irrational because eating that bag of Doritos, the whole party bag, the, the feed sack that you take rubber bands and, and just put it around your muzzle and you just throw your head back and eat all the chips that fall on you. You can do that and it's not going to kill you. It doesn't matter. It's insignificant. Well, if, if you do it more than once in a while, then it, then it adds up. Right. But it's totally irrational to think that what I'm eating right now, or I mean, it is rational to think that me overindulging, eating stupid stuff now is fine because it is, it's, it's sort of like, it is completely irrational to brush your teeth one time. Your dental health will not be affected in any way if you brush your teeth once or you don't brush your teeth once. Now, if you do or don't regularly for 50 years, then yes, you will have two very different outcomes. But that individual moment doesn't matter. And what, what we're saying is you have to take every individual moment and make it matter. It's a totally irrational thing to do. It's really hard to wrap your mind around that, you know, but, but that's, that's how this one works, you know, and we've, we, we talk about this because it has been critical to us being productive. This, this makes a huge difference in our ability to work well. It's, it's a major reason why we've had long careers in an area where a lot of people come and go, you know, the turnover in entertainment stuff online is is very much like sports where you don't get a whole lot of guys who have been in the league for 10 years they are the exception 
for so many reasons. Uh, young people are super creative and have time and all that stuff. So there are a lot of young people who dominate all of these platforms, but it's also because they can mask all the problems that start to show up when you're 28, 30, 32, 35. As time goes on, you can't mask it anymore. So when you see somebody who's been grinding away, uh, uh, Johnny Millennium is a good example. You know, he's, he's been there since the beginning. Well, you know, he hasn't succumbed to so many of the problems that put you know, Ethan Ralph on, on perpetual death watch. Uh, these guys are two extremes, uh, but you know, you can be 21 and get away with suboptimal living. It is very, very hard to do that at 40. The other thing I really want to say is that um, to, to try to you know, assuage anyone who does feel as though like we're coming off as preachy, neither one of us are Adonises. And none of this no. does or ever has come easy for either of us. So it's not as though like, oh, yeah, I don't have a sweet tooth. You know, I just kind of I, I only like to eat salads I'm like a, just a big salad guy. No, 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 that is not me. Like it, I would love to eat cinnamon toast crunch pizza every day. That would be awesome. Like I would love to eat total pure slop out of a trough like a monster <laughs> that sounds great just I'm, cheese and sour cream <laughs> i'm like i'm laughing so hard here because kevin you have seen me eat freakish amounts of food yes 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 people people in is is andy still here yeah andy's still here andy uh, in the episode chat has witnessed me eating a 40 ounce steak without taking a break. Wait, wait, covered in blue cheese, covered in blue cheese. Yeah. Covered in blue cheese with, with, <laughs> with several bloody Marys <laughs> at the same time. Um, uh, yeah, we, uh, at, at VidCon past, uh, it was my 40th birthday and that made sense to get the 40 ounce steak <laughs> to go along with that. And, uh, Isaac, uh, was there. Isaac and uh, Michael's not in the discord, uh, but uh, Andy was there. Kevin was there. You know, we had a, a great meal, but I mean, I, I I'm okay with and experienced with eating really shocking amounts of food. Um, that is, is a rare kind of thing. I cannot do that with any frequency and still be physically able and productive. There's something that, that I trot out. A lot. I, I'm dead serious when I say this, even though it sounds not real. But you have to ask yourself: If I had to run for my life, could I? This is the number one basic question since since people were like, you know, stumbling over themselves to evade a T Rex. I don't know how it worked, <laughs> but th this is the question: Is if you had to do that, could you? How many people do you know who can answer yes? How many, uh, rather, how many adults? who who are a few years removed from playing sports in high school and whatever could do that how many people over 30 it is an extremely low number and that is to satisfy the most basic question in humanity could you get yourself away from a bad situation if you needed to you probably will never need to i mean this is not you know it's obvious that this is a, a crazy scenario but once but if you can't you you yeah, once, once is all it takes. And it could be once. I mean, right. there was that video that went viral of that mother who lost control of her baby in the stroller. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah. And she tried chasing after and she just fell flat on her face and could not get up to save the life of her baby as it rolls into oncoming traffic. And thank God yeah. someone else was there and grabbed it. But like, that's an example of what you're talking about where, yeah, it might, there might just be one scenario in which. You have to physically act in a way that prevents tragedy. I mean, that's not, uh, you know, impossible at all. There's a absolutely non-zero chance of that. And there is data on how much worse this is getting. I don't know if you saw that thing about oh, how it's bad. like 77% of um, like high schoolers like eligible for the military couldn't pass the basic uh, physical fitness test. 77%. And that bar is not shockingly high. 
uh, it's real. The qualifications are reasonable, uh, but but you know you don't have to run four miles in ten minutes and twenty minutes. Um, and it's yeah, four out of five just cannot meet those basic requirements. And it's not just a U.S. thing either. For the 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 Brit bongs who listen to this podcast, there is a marked difference in what you people look like now compared to nearly 25 years ago when I was there. You know this. You know this. Look at the family photos. Look at old footage. Look at something like highlights from a soccer game. And look at the stands. (laughs) The people in the stands do not look like the people in the stands now. Watch an old music video for a live thing and look at who's watching a concert. It is completely and totally different. Uh, different parts of the world are accelerating uh, or decelerating on, on fitness, I guess, uh, faster than others. But this is a problem everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Uh, you have to work extremely hard. and You really have to care about yourself. This sounds kind of lame, but you have to care about about being in like a peak performance state. You have to think it matters that... Today, I'll have as much energy as possible. You have to think that matters. Um, maybe you don't have a reason to even have energy. Well, that's a separate problem, but it's related. You know, put yourself in a position where you need to have a clear mind and an able body. I have two things to kind of end on with this that I think... I have 15. Okay, well... I have 15 or 17. That, that'll be that'll be <laughs> next week's podcast because we're, we're out of time. Here, here are my two things that I think are important to highlight the discussion. Uh, one is that all of this is getting harder, not easier. Okay. Yeah. This is getting harder and harder. And that's really, I, I know the cinnamon toast cr- crunch <laughs> flavor rant was, you know, largely supposed to be comedic, but it's real. I mean, so I, true. it is highlighting a problem uh, that is, is getting worse, not better. I mean, the opportunities for like, unbelievably delicious foods and flavors are like compounding and will only continue to compound. There will be more flavors of Oreos. There'll be more flavors of Cheetos, not less, more flavors of cream cheese. All of that stuff will expand, not contract. And here's the second part of this that is kind of like the hopeful message, I hope, excuse me, to take from this podcast, which is... Since all of this is getting harder, because most people will continue down this path, there is a tremendous opportunity to stand out. There is a tremendous opportunity for you listening to this podcast to just be able to perform better than everyone. Like, forget about like the, the, the vanity element of it. Forget about that. Forget about like having a six pack. Forget about being a model. Like, it's not about that. Like, we're literally, your brain is part of your body. I know that because of like Descartes or whatever, we don't like to think about that. But your brain is in your body. And if your body is not functioning as well as it could, neither will your brain. So if you are the type of person who wants to make a career out of your ideas, you might want to consider what sort of things you can do to optimize the flow of ideas or the amount of ideas that you can generate each day or like how far you can take them each day. And all of this presents a huge, you know, we talked about that Mark Manson thing of like, do what 99% of people won't do. Look what's becoming a thing that 99% of people won't do. This, this is turning into a thing that 99% of people won't do. They will not avoid the awesome food that they could be eating right now to their potential, yeah. you know, detriment. They won't do it. You can, you can do it. I'm really glad that you put it that way about this being an opportunity to, to be a one percenter <laughs> because I hadn't really thought about how significant that is, but you are absolutely right about the edge, you know, to put it in kind of goofy terms, but the edge this gives you in life, <laughs> it is tremendous absolutely tremendous. Uh, And I want to throw out there too, if anybody doesn't believe me about any of this stuff, uh, you're completely wrong. And I'm happy to show you that. Jump in the discord, tag me, 
you can you can eat extremely well and have all the food taste good for five dollars a day. I do it in less than that, closer to two. That's because I've refined you know the stuff I like over the years, whatever, and I I don't take variety as seriously as as those people who should be telling you how to live, like Anthony Bourdain. It always works out well for them. <laughs> Uh, but $5, oh, you can do it really easily and you don't have to put any, any of that effort in. So this is accessible, it's inexpensive, and it is a total game changer in who you are, how you live, and what you produce. I am producing now work at, at I, I don't even know how to put a percentage on it compared to uh, times when, when I haven't taken these things seriously. I can do things physically that were, were not on the table back then. I don't put a whole lot of time into it. I put very, very little time into it, actually. Uh, and it cost me virtually nothing. Uh, this means that even if, if you get the lowest, like in, in the US, if you're on like an EBT, pro, is it EBT? EBT program, yeah. is that the yeah. um, SNAP benefits, things like that? Yeah. The lowest tier on that, you can do it. You have to forego a lot of things that you want. It's sacrifice. That's the sacrifice that's the word that we haven't used, which is ridiculous, yes. but that is the important word here, is sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It's a trade-off and a sacrifice. Yes. If you don't do this, it will catch up to you and you will the best case scenario is that you feel like shit all the time. Is that you're able to do the things you want to do, but you just feel like physical garbage every day of your life. That's the best case scenario. Uh well, we feel pr pretty good all the time. <laughs> and the, the, the worst case scenario involves medical intervention and a lot of it. It does. Yeah. And that becomes serious, can become seriously invasive and life altering. Seriously. Yes. Oh, I, I'm not trying to belabor this. I'm not trying to extend the podcast, but I, I have to say this one thing. Uh, you need to be in a state where you can withstand really serious problems and curveballs that get thrown at you. Emergencies in life. And I don't mean the the run from a burning house, uh, run for your life thing. I mean, something really bad happens, family member dies or gets really sick or somebody gets in an accident. Something where there's a really big problem to deal with over a sustained period of time. You have to be able to do that without getting mentally and physically overwhelmed, without having to pass the buck to friends and family and other people to deal with it. You have to be able to do your part and put that problem on your shoulders to the degree that is expected of you. These things will happen. No one is immune to this. Bad shit will happen to you. You have to be as, as ready as is reasonable to carry a very difficult load you didn't expect to have to carry. It will happen. And you are going to feel very bad about yourself. If you are not able to do it in that circumstance, you let down yourself, you let down maybe the person who needs it. If it isn't a death scenario and they're still around, you let down your family, your friends, the people who have to pick up the slack, your kids could be anybody. You're going to feel really bad if, if you couldn't do your part when bad things happen. Uh, so just being in a decent condition to deal with life's problems is huge, absolutely critical. Yeah, because also this, this stuff is a lifestyle and it takes a long time. It's not like you could just be like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, cold turkey tomorrow and then be fine. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't work that way. You know, it is a grind and it is a lifestyle thing. And again, again, I really just want to create this paradigm shift, hopefully in people's minds to to point out the fact that it's very hard to do this. Most people won't. And if you do, you will stand out <laughs> like you will win. That is is objectively true. That is objectively yes. true. No one could argue that. It's not possible mm. to argue that. That's no. just reality. It will carry over to other elements of your life too because you will be exercising control in a positive way over a very big thing. Well, when you start doing that and see how accessible and easy that is, it is one of those things that like it's super easy, but at the same time, impossible every hour mm -hmm. you know it's a it's one of those tough situations but once you realize i'm okay i have control over this it gets a lot easier to behave that same way in other parts of your life and it just compounds and pays off now i don't want this to sound like a self-help thing but this is actually how this one works
It is. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is it for this week. We'll be back next week. If you want to support the podcast and you love the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash the create unknown. That is how we get to do this podcast. Thank you to all of our patrons for making this happen. We'll be back next week. Until then, see you, Space Cowboys. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. We make this show with the support of our patrons. 100% of that goes directly to keeping episodes going every week, and the recent support has been amazing. Sidpoke, NRM, Venture Addicts, Weezer Good, you all really do make this show happen. Thank you to the Tots and Dumpster crew, old and new, who save tiny little lives every month. Thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Clemente De Los Santos, Dan the Latch, Demetrius Andrews, Erica, Theracon, Jen Mefasanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Monahim, Natsu, Penny Peddler, Risebread, Ryan Kinder, Samuel Manser, Sean S., Sean Malone, and Tom Videoger. And a tremendous shout-out to our elite baby gang commanders. Atrocious Guff, Cat, Dojangles, Graham Robertson, James Gallagher, Jeff Davis, Orange Vanilla Coke, Patrick Pister, TCU's personal pilot, Andy, Ryan Carroll, Baseweight, Vinthos, Yetis Deletus, Jonas Walter, Nathan Robinson, Chelksies, and, of course, Trevstead. You are the elite. Thank you as well to our indentured servants, producer-editor Ben Webster, Minecraft mogul Laterman, Discord kitten wrangler Conrad, and producer emeritus Dan Yoshua. Thanks to Baseweight for use of Created in the Unknown for the opening theme. Thanks to Electro Voice for giving us mics to sound good on top of it. And a special thanks to Main Gear for powering all of our PC endeavors. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production in partnership with Studio 71.